The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What is going on, everybody? Eric Franson and the Ringmaster. You're dang right. A.K.A. A.J. Salvas. You didn't like the deflator, and I'm disappointed. For many of I, I thought that was reasons. clever. I thought that was a clever No, it was wrestling name. You it was unoriginal, move. and you stole it from a guy on Twitter. You no, he said ashamed def- of yourself. He said your name was Deflategate, and that's not a good you name for a You took his idea, and so you I just spun it in your own way. It. I just improved upon it. Shame on you. That is what we call plagiarism. No, no, not exactly. That's not exactly plagiarism. That is plagiarism. But you, somebody else pointed out perhaps a more appropriate name based on your mask. The deflator works too. But uh, somebody else pointed out another name would be a good wrestling name appropriate for the mask that you wear. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that individual coming to my defense. Recognizing greatness. Both Jason me Walker. Jay Walk, my man. I love that guy. He says, I think the ringmaster would be a far more appropriate name, you know, for the six rings the Pats have. Ah, spicy burritos. Love it. God bless him. Thank you. Now, I used to call you the commissioner, and then I was going to call you the deflator. I forgot about the commissioner. Now I have Still to call you the you ringmaster. But you've, you've had like three nicknames in the span of just a few short months. Uh, according to who, though? And I have I have none. You've not given I've me... I've given you a nickname. You have not given me a nickname. Ryan Howard? <laughs> Ryan Howard? <laughs> yeah. The Temp? Oh, the Temp. I'm telling you, From every time office. I hear him talk or see a photo or, or video of him, I think that's you. That is absolutely you. Wasn't that guy one of the creators of The Office? And then, yeah, they wrote him out. They wrote him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that might have been a problem. Is that is that what you want to do here? What you trying to write me out? Oh no, I'm not trying to write you out. You are my co-host. You are the pork in the beans. I don't think I want to think too much about what that means. <laughs> hey, what's your, uh, I mean, we have no show tomorrow. Want to let all our wonderful listeners know we'll be on the air on Friday because of Utah State basketball tonight, Utah State basketball and Aggie football tomorrow. Uh, we will be on the air from 4 to 6 on Friday to make sure we take care of you and get the nice little recap of all the great Aggie cover or uh, Aggie games going on and Hopefully they're all wins. Hopefully it's a uh, 3-0, right? 3-0 record when we get back on Friday. Or 4-0 if they're still playing, I guess, on that Friday morning game if they're playing. Will we actually be able to recap that game too? Um, but we'll be on the air, 4-6, to six, same station, here on Friday uh, when you're doing all your shopping, wherever you're going. So, Well, you probably would have done your shopping earlier in the day, and so by the time we're on the air, you will have been like recovering from your post-shopping coma. Would you do your shopping? Are you a morning shopping guy? I mean, I I waited out. 
I mean, I'm waiting till like Friday. Isn't that what it's supposed Saturday. to be? Like everybody like bursts through the doors as soon as they open first yeah, thing in the morning. True, get the best stuff. But you got to be careful out. now. Now you're like six feet apart. Only like 50 customers are allowed to be in the building. So it's a lot different this year. I hope it is. At least it should be. What are you? Uh, what are you doing for Turkey Day tomorrow? What's uh, what's your plans? It'll be pretty low key. Yeah. Not there's not going to be a big family get together. Normally there is. Um, but part of that is some family, they're out of the area. They, they're traveling. Um, we've had some other family members that are that are not healthy. So it's uh, kind of doing our own thing, kind of low-key. Would you uh, – Mrs. Franson gave me a, a Facebook message and uh, said I should oh, – sure she did. I should come over and uh, enjoy some pie and uh, some stuffing. So uh, I'll, I'll come over at some point and uh, – Say hi and uh, grab a couple bites to eat before I head out. So I hope you're okay with that. We'll, we'll make sure we get the, the right, wink, wink, the right address to you. No, she's already gave me the address. Oh. I'm pretty sure we're not going it to our house, so. No, she told me about a log cabin over in uh, Newton. <laughs> log cabin in Newton. That's not true. Yeah, I'm no, that's that's where we'll be. Hey, uh, speaking of which, football tomorrow, uh, Air Force and Colorado State have been canceled. So that leaves New Mexico and Utah State as the only college football game of the day. And Ravens and Steelers have been postponed to Sunday. That leaves Utah State and New Mexico as the only football game going on in the evening. So all eyes on Lobos and Aggies. <laughs> That's true. They're going to get a lot of eyeballs. Getting a lot of attention. Might get a lot of roll the eyes, too. Yeah, there may be a lot of people nodding off. Might be taking your nap. I mean, they're going to have a long nap time between the Cowboys-Washington game and the Aggie football game. There might be a lot of napping. Look, New Mexico comes into this game favored by six and a half points. That tells you, Eric, that just... Both teams looking for their first win. Something's got to give. Someone has to come away the victor. Can they come away as both winners? Is that possible? <laughs> I mean, I just I feel I feel for New Mexico because of all the crap they're going through. Um, oh my gosh! I mean, their it, football it, team is relocated to Las Vegas. Yeah, New Mexico State has relocated to where are they? Phoenix, they're, Arizona, they're in Phoenix, and then the New Mexico basketball team. They're go, they're in like West Texas. Yeah. So I talked to a uh, um, couple of uh, people over in New Mexico, and they said it's just, I mean, not only are they in Las Vegas, but there's back-to-back short weeks. Eric, they just got done playing Air Force, this team that takes you through a grinder of 60 minutes of football, and on a short week, got to turn around and travel and play Utah State. I'm kind of surprised this game actually made it through to happen because if I was betting that one game would be canceled, I was going to say New Mexico oh, and Utah yeah. State. before the season. Oh, yeah. Are, are, how many games sure. are going to play? We set the over-under at six and a half. Which games might not happen? New Mexico was number one on both of our yep, lists. Yep, absolutely. So credit to both teams for playing, for better or for worse. <laughs> but uh, no other football game will be on in the evening except for this one. So, um Aggies play tonight for men's basketball. If they win, they're at 12.30 tomorrow, Mountain Time. If they lose, they're at 5.30 tomorrow night. So they're a half hour after kickoff of New Mexico and Utah State. 
So you'll do some uh, channel flipping back and forth, getting uh, getting the uh, news on what's going on with both uh, both teams. Should be fun night. Hopefully we win. <laughs> I hope. Um. So yeah, that. So Aggies VCU tonight. Aggies Lobos tomorrow. Aggies whoever tomorrow, and then Aggies game three on Friday for basketball. If Aggies win, if they beat VCU, yeah. They will play the winner of West Virginia and South Dakota State, right? Yep, yep. If they lose, they play the loser of, of that matchup. Yep. Um, but look, there are some interesting teams in this in this bracket. Uh, already one game has been decided. Memphis beat St. Mary's. Uh, Memphis, really? Memphis is a good team. But they beat St. Mary's seventy-three to fifty-six. Oh, they just didn't beat them. Then that's, I mean, that's an eighteen-point whipping. Yeah, you know. But you're right. Penny Hardaway's got something cooking with Memphis. He did last year. Got a lot of momentum going into this year with some returners. Uh, but St. Mary's to get beat that handedly kind of surprises me. And we actually need St. Mary's to win that game. Well, actually, we don't because we don't play them this year. Never mind. We aren't playing them. Really? Yeah. ESPN says that they're still on Utah State's non-conference schedule. Uh, I've been told that St. Mary's and Utah State will not be playing. Which, bringing up that... <laughs> December 12th? Yeah. That's not going to happen? Uh, as, as I've been told, and this is not official, I've been told that they aren't playing this year. That's too bad. I'm kind of grateful. I don't know if I want to mess... I mean, maybe St. Mary's isn't as good as I thought they were. If they're getting beat by eight, but like you said, Memphis is a good basketball team, so maybe I'm, I'm, I'm looking into it way too much. They have St. Mary's on a December twelfth, huh? Yeah, that's I, what ESPN says. Uh, their non-conference schedule for the Aggies: BYU December fifth. Yes. St. Mary's December twelfth. Is Weber State December fifteenth? Dixie State December fifteenth. Oh no! And then uh, conference play. Uh. Let's hear from Coach Smith, actually, about yeah. this non-conference. Which, by the way, we have not been officially released to yet. I mean, the basketball season begins tonight, and we don't know what their schedule is. It's a lot of basketball said, is right now beginning. <laughs> this is so insane. <laughs> so insane. Oh, uh, here's man. Craig Smith talking about the Utah State non-conference schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, for about the last 10 days, I feel like every time I come back up from practice, I got something new, whether it's a text or a voicemail or a cancellation or a, oh, are you okay if we play this team or a new date and we're hemming it on and going back and forth. I think we're getting closer, although, to be honest, I thought we were really close a week ago. Um, we're getting there, and I know we started our, start our playing games in two days, so it's hard to believe. We're in this situation, but there's a lot of teams in this situation. We're also working on teams to have as a backup in case, you know, somebody on our schedule has to cancel because of, for obvious reasons. So we have, we're working on replacements and games in case we don't get our game in on December 5th and we don't get our game in on December 15th. So it's a lot of, a lot of unknowns out there. We're trying to negotiate it the best that we can. Um, certainly we hope we, we can get fans into the stadium, into the into the spectrum in a safe environment. 
Uh, I know our administration is working on that dil diligently. Who knows? I came right from the practice floor up here. I don't even know what the, I mean, I might've missed out on something in the last three, two and a half hours as well. So, uh, but we're working on it literally uh, nonstop. It feels like anyway. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a constant turntable there trying to figure it out. Every day is different. It sounds like, Multiple times during the day, it changes. Well, remember, the guy, when he got finished with this hit press conference, they were getting on a plane to go play Wichita State. They got off the plane and were looking on Twitter because you know how the kids are these days. Got to see what's going on Twitter. And someone comes up and says, hey, we're playing VCU. And all of a sudden, all hell just broke loose. And so he turns around and he's like, all right, well, I guess we're getting ready for VCU. It's just the way things are. And you know what, Eric? That is not the only change that's going to happen this season. No, you're right. There's going to be postponements. There's going to be cancellations. There's going to be movement. Uh, I, I'd be shocked if Aggies got all 20 games of their conference schedule in. I would be stunned. How many? I'll, let's, let's throw this out there right now. Do the over-under? How many games? Not, not, not get canceled, but how many games does Utah State get rescheduled? Whether that's conference or okay. non-conference like so for example uh this last week for it was uh for the university of utah right their yeah uh, their opponent couldn't make it that game got canceled washington's opponent couldn't make it that game got canceled so now utah and washington are going to play each other so how many of those scenarios does Utah State have this year? And I'm not going to count tonight's game. I'm going to set the line at... Uh, yeah, I need a line set. I'll set it at two and a half. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> that's a great line. Does it happen I'm gonna... <laughs> more than three times? I'm going to say over. Or I guess more than two times or less than two times? I'm going to say over. Like, dude, this is such a this is such a weirded out year that Eric, we had games that were supposed to go on at eleven AM mountain time and at nine AM mountain time were canceled. <laughs> because players were on the court and then real and then the they, they got the some of the results back and said, Oh, I'm sorry, you're positive, you're out. And then there was some contact tracing with a couple of games and they actually told the team that they're not playing. That was today. That was two hours before tip off, man. It's so different with a basketball team than it is a football team. Yeah. You can have a few players on a football team get COVID and they do some contact tracing and still have a team. You can still feel the team. Yeah, there's going to be some underclassmen, maybe some inexperienced guys, guys playing roles that they don't normally play. But you can feel the team. When it comes to basketball, your margin for error is so slim. You're not going to run a bunch of underclassmen, freshmen out there. A um, couple games in the Mountain West tonight in basketball. Game just getting Ooh. underway. Fresno State hosting or playing uh, William Jessup. I'm assuming that's a team and not just one person. Yeah, BYU played them in football and won by like 60. So <laughs> there you go. I'm excited about this one you're about to talk to about tonight. Well, one game has gone final. I was just going to mention that real quick. Nevada, North Dakota State at the Golden Window Classic. I tell you, these are like bowl games some of these. what uh, golden window oh, classic maybe i'm thinking of another game nevada beat them 62 to 48 
Uh, and then there's a couple other games. Well, two more games tonight that are scheduled. Montana State at UNLV. No. And number 22, UCLA yes, at San Diego that's State. That's the one. I was wondering if they played it tonight. 8.30 tonight on CBS Sports Network if you want to tune in. Ooh. That's a juicy match. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a huge resume get for either team. San, San Diego State's a lot better than what the preseason AP poll says. They're a very good basketball team. And a good early barometer. Oh, about heavens, yeah. What are they going to look like this yeah. year? Yeah, and if for San Diego State, beating UCLA is beating UCLA. <laughs> it's just that's all you need to know there. It's the name UCLA and to play them. Uh, that's awesome. I like San Diego State in that game, by the way. I think they get the win. Uh, UCLA is favored <clears throat> by three in that one. Uh, Simpson University at San Jose has been canceled. Telling you, man. It's going to happen a lot. Uh, Utah State and VCU, 7.30 tip-off on ESPN2. So Al Lewis. Six, is that 7.30 or 6.30 your time? 7.30 our time on ESPN2. Okay. And so Al Lewis, uh, Jalen Moore, I believe, is still helping him out with oh, his cool. pregame coverage. Good. Uh, we'll find out tonight starting at 6.30. Al does a great job. He lives for this stuff. A full one-hour pregame, like it deserves, and uh, then it's – then the game will be on ESPN2, and as soon as it goes final, he'll be on. Our good buddy, John Russell, will be on with him as well, breaking it down. And you can call in and talk about it. You can actually weigh in on what happened. They give you the voice and the platform to do that. Uh, so that'll be on our sister station, KVNU, tonight, and then we'll know what happens tomorrow. So again, Ajay, if they win, they play in the later game. Yeah, so right? no, sorry. If they win, they play at twelve thirty Mountain Time oh, tomorrow. They play the earlier game. If they lose, they play at five thirty Mountain Time, half hour after kickoff of New Mexico and Utah State. So please win, Utah State. And for the record, if they lose, the KVNU game day will cover both football and okay. basketball. Okay. Al will 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 mix. Boy, in he's going to be a busy guy. Stuff. Oh my goodness! Yeah, this time of year is always. So crazy because yeah. so much crossover with yeah. football and basketball. Uh, but it's a great time of the year. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and you know what? Speaking of of Utah State basketball, how about the Lady Aggies getting things off? Oh, how about that? They struggle in Montana in the get-go, down by 10, uh, and then make a strong comeback, a, a strong run at the end, towards the end of the game, and they come away winners. Uh, final score is what? 60, nope, excuse me. Final score no, is 81-74. Like Eighty-one seventy-four, which, by the way, equals their highest point total from last year. So they've—I mean—they already put up eighty-one points in game one. So great win for them. Happy for Coach Ard and and that squad. And finally, we get to light the A blue. Holy cow! Feels like it's been a century. <laughs> Golly, it's man! Been since uh, Telling early you, it's March. just been brutal. It's been since yeah, early it's March. been since March. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, yeah, no, because all the other sports got shut down. Yep. So ready for this to be done. I'm with you. But you know what? We're not going to be done for a while. No, you're right. It's still going to be a bit. So, uh, This, um, Ajay, let's keep talking about Utah State basketball. Um, I want to get a little bit more from Coach Smith. Um, there's been a, a lot of questions about ball handling duties for this Utah State basketball team. No Abel Porter, no Sam Merrill, no Diogo Brito, who was a guard in combo. He played sometimes point guard, sometimes small forward. He was a utility guy. 
but there were your your primary ball handlers from last year are all gone. Mm-hmm. So big questions about who gets that assignment, or is that one person? Is it multiple persons? And here's Craig Smith. Really not giving much of an answer, but <laughs> Al, at least Al, addressing you know the what? issue. Credit to Al for asking, can I, before we go, credit to Al for being straight up and asking him, because no one had the guts to be like, hey, I wonder what the starting lineup looks like. And I was like, I've been doing this long enough. I'm a pro's pro. What's your starting lineup look like, coach? Depends on what your definition of a traditional point guard is, right? We all maybe have a little bit different different definition. But in terms of our point guard situation, I think we have – for sure, four different guys that can play it, and they can all make great decisions. They handle the ball. They don't turn it over. They can all shoot. They can all drive, and um, you know, and they make good decisions. I think a big thing in any player is not turning it over and handling the ball and leading a team and getting you into your offense. And so, um, I mean, we have a lot of different guys that I feel like can do that, including Marco Anthony. Um, that can play that as well. So, you know, last year, two years ago, we were kind of a three-headed monster with Abel Porter, Tarian Knight, and Crew Ainge. And, and we kind of morphed into Abel and then Sam. And then last year, there was Abel, and then he had a bunch of – I mean, his back was just killing him, the back half of the conference play and certainly into conference, uh, the conference tournament. And we started playing him actually off the ball more and playing Merrill more as our point guard. And I thought that kind of just short, um, gave us a lot of stability that way. So uh, I think there's a lot of different guys, whether it's Marco Anthony, uh, uh, Bearstow's really improved in that facet, um, uh, Ashworth, Worcester, uh, Z- uh, uh, Zahar, and maybe even Max Shuga a little bit. So that's Craig Smith talking specifically at the point guard position, and there might be a couple which of is a guys great, who yeah. play that. Yeah, and which is a great question because who does start a point guard, right? You got Marco, Barristow could do it. You got a ball handler in, I wouldn't say Liam McChesney's going to be one of those guys tonight that's going to be a primary ball handler. And there might be times Rolly Worcester does Steve it. Steve Ashworth. You're going to see a lot of Rolly Worcester. Keep an eye on that guy tonight. Maxim Shulga. Shulga could see, yeah, we'll see some minutes. In fact, if I dare say... I think Worcester could even start tonight. Like, he's that good, and he's getting a lot of hype from the players and coaches alike. Uh, here's, here's Coach Smith talking more specifically about the starting lineup. Um, you know, we, we're talking about the, the point guards there, trying to figure out who the point guard might be. And it sounds like it may be a little bit by committee, a little bit trying to figure out uh, how those roles get filled, who fits best with what unit. What does the situation call for? But what about the other positions on the court? Here's Coach Smith. Well, after after some of practice today, I'm not sure I'm willing to do that. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm not going to name one yet. I knew that was going to come. I meant to say that right away. No, I'm not naming a starting lineup. I'm pretty sure Cato will be in there with Bean. So I'll, I'll give you those two. Uh, that's a safe bet. Uh, you know, that definitely has been – Kind of a constant, certainly since we've been here uh, this year. We'll see how that goes. I, I would anticipate, you know, there's going to be a little more maybe um, fluctuation. And, and maybe there won't be. Nobody has a crystal ball. Um, but I do think 
it, things could change depending on the game, depending on how certain guys are playing. Certainly, uh, this is a lot deeper team than we've had uh, as a whole. We're definitely a lot more athletic. Um, I think we have a lot more versatility, meaning we could play a lot. We could play big. We could play small and everything in between. And so that allows as a coach to be maybe a little more creative with some things, depending on um, the situation. Certainly our veterans have been here, done that. It's hard to replace experience. I would anticipate as the year goes on, those young guys are really going to grow and keep developing probably a little more at a higher rate as they just get more comfortable with what we're trying to do. And they start getting the old 10,000 hour rule, right? The more hours you get, the more experience you have and the more you settle in. And so um, we'll see how things go, but, um, um, but I'm not going to divulge that lineup yet. We will okay, all find so out together Eric, at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> on ESPN2. Let's divulge two. it now. Let's divulge it now. Give me what your thoughts or and, and love to hear from our listeners. We haven't even offered our text line out yet, but 435-339-0321 to text. Again, 435-339-0321 to text. Uh, 9315 text. And I think Coach Smith will have us plenty surprised on how he runs the point in tonight's game. Here's what I think my starting lineup will look like, and then I want to hear yours as well, Eric. Uh, Marco Anthony's your point guard. Raleigh Worcester is going to be your two. No, Sean Barrison is going to be your two. Raleigh will be your three. Justin Four and Amiya is five. So Brock Miller comes off the bench. So does Alfonso. But I think Alfonso comes off before Brock does. See, I, I think... I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to say Keta at the five. Yeah. Bean at the four. Okay. And I think I'd have Alfonso Anderson start. Okay. So that's my, that's my, those are my big guys. But my guards, I think Marco Anthony starts. And I'd probably say Barristow plays alongside him. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Alfonso is because I do you remember like last year he looked really good starting and then things kind of tailed off for him and there was just lull of production from Anderson for like it seemed like forever I think it was like five or six games uh, and then he came alive at the end of the season including into the Mount West Conference tournament I feel like we're gonna see something to that effect if he does start I almost like coming off the bench he just seems like he sees the game and then he's able to make his move coming off the bench because he's seen the game. He gets a feel for it, what's going on, what things look like. Um, but I say that, but he has experience, unlike Rolly, uh, unlike Marco Anthony. But Marco's a, I mean, Marco's your true PG. If there's only one true point guard on the team, I think it's Marco. Steven Ashworth, you might see a few minutes from. I mean, he's going to unload on that bench. I'm, you're going to see everybody coming off in the next three games playing. I think you're going to see. I agree. I think you're going to see a lot of different groups together because you haven't had your normal practices. You haven't had any exhibition games. I think my guess is, from reading between the lines here, what Coach Smith has said, I I think we're going to see a lot of guys see the floor. Oh yeah, it's oh, not my- going to be a short bench. No. Nor should it, though, right? It's I mean, going to go deep. No, I mean, and it shouldn't be, right? Because you have this much depth with this much, I think, talent. I haven't seen 
well, Shulga with, or Zapala play. But I would imagine that. I mean, you're going to see some minutes from those guys. Well, and I think it's just there's so many new faces. He's got to see what works. He's, he's got to see what combinations yield the best results. Because some guys may look great in some situations and work well with this teammate, but when put in with another group, they just they don't quite work the same. And so it, it's all trying to figure it out. Uh, 9315 text in. Smith gave us a teaser, so we all watched the game tonight. You, you're dang right he gave us a teaser. It was pretty dang good, too. 2787, I'm not too worried who starts. Coach Smith is an outstanding coach, and I'm positive he'll put a great team out on the court no matter who it is. Absolutely. In fact, if I dare say Coach Smith already knows who's starting, he knew that during when he answered that question. He has a pretty darn good idea. My question is, though, over under on how many different starting lineups we see through the first, oh, man, through non-conference. We'll just say non-conference. Before conference five games. Yeah. begins. So over under on how many variations of the, uh, of I, mean, I don't know how many conference games we have. So I'm going to put it at three and a half. I'm going to take the over. Something tells me to take the over. <laughs> I'm going to take the under. I, I just hopefully there's not a, a COVID situation or an injury situation. Yeah, I, yeah that, that's please. part of that. But I, honestly, in 2020, I have to think there may be a COVID reason why there's a, a difference in the starting lineup, and just with so many new faces. And trying to figure things out and who they have, I would not be surprised to see variations to that starting lineup that many different times in, in different ways. Now you're going to have a core that'll be there for every game, starting every game, but there may be a position or two that may be a little bit of a revolving door until it gets settled in. But again, to 2787's point, um, yeah, I look. I, I trust Coach. I'm not saying I don't trust Coach Smith I, at all. I mean, it's back to back Mountain West Conference championship we're talking about here. But <laughs> uh, I just I'm intrigued by the amount of depth because he hasn't had this kind of depth maybe since I mean last year he didn't have it. The year before I felt like he did, and then decided to just crunch it into just a small rotation, really small rotation actually, if I remember right, Eric. Um, but now this year with as much talent as he's got in Liam. McChesney, who we haven't even mentioned yet, uh, in Dorius, who is a big man, uh, Zapala, um, goodness gracious. What about Kuba? Is Kuba even around still? I went. We haven't mentioned his name. I mean, he played a little bit until he got sick. From the people I've talked to, don't expect to see Kuba a whole lot. Just because he's getting lost on the depth chart? Yeah. I mean, it's just. There was, I mean, he's had his opportunities to shine, and he just hasn't really performed as well as they thought. Uh, I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Kuba a whole ton. I, I compare this year to Coach Smith's first year, where there are so many new faces. He walked into a situation where he didn't know anybody. He had not coached a single soul on that roster. And it took him a while, a couple, I dare say, a month and a half, almost two months of of basketball playing before it really started to click and get dialed in. It might be something similar this year where there's so many new players. Just with the transfer players and all the freshmen, um, it's going to take some time for this roster to come together. 
And he won't have as many games either to get it figured out. Yeah, good point. At least not you know in the non-conference, it's a much shorter window. Yeah, and, and that that you bring up a really really good point there, Eric. We have a shorter non-conference schedule with not as many reps, but you have such a deep bench. How do you handle something like that? Like you want to see guys get reps, you want to see some minutes from other you know younger guys or bench guys to see what your rotation. Not only off, you know, from your starting rotation, but what your offensive rotation is going to look like too. That's a tough thing to handle. I don't know how you, I mean, make such a decision with so many few conference games or so many, so few conference games to play against, and some of them against quality competition like BYU. Well, uh, doing some scouting on VCU tonight's opponent. Yeah, they are kind of in a similar situation as the Aggies. They've got six newcomers. They have four freshmen, and uh, multiple new roles by some of these players that are coming back. So there's a lot of moving pieces for this VCU team. And uh, looking at some of the comments from their coach, uh, his last name's Rhodes, and I can't remember his first name. But anyway, he said that they did, they've done a lot of intra-squad scrimmages. They brought in some referees to assist and just running guys against each other. And uh, doing situational stuff, do scouting reports, and like try to get them in a routine of what you might see in a normal schedule with so many new faces and so many new players. That's that was their approach, uh, and I think for Utah State, probably got to be similar. When you don't have many opportunities to play, you're going to have a lot of time in the gym together, so run a lot of scrimmages. Yeah, I that and, and, and you're going to learn who your who your guys are. They had an official scrimmage last week, or this this past week, where they had referees score time, like to get their minds and bodies into that shape of okay, a real game. This is what's going on. Um, he didn't get any details about that scrimmage at all. Uh, I think he's only actually asked a, a couple questions about it. But um, I would be kind of eager or interested to see what the young guys looked like in that scrimmage. When I asked him what young guys that stood out to him, he said, you know, all of them have. He's mentioned a few guys, but uh, said things, you know, it's it's just different preparing. You're more worried about preparing for the opponent because you only have so many days to do so, and you don't know which pre- opponent you're preparing for, honestly. And I think that's been kind of an issue for him. So, again, I, I'm looking forward to see Marco. I mean, I'm interested in seeing, what, you know, what Barristow looks like again, if he, how healthy he is. Um, Coach said he's 100% ready to go. Uh, I'm interested in seeing Steve Ashworth. That's another name I'm hearing a lot about. And Raleigh. Those are the three guys I really am intrigued for. And, and I'm interested to see the, the, the progression of the guys coming back who we know. Yeah. Keta, what, what, does, what kind of progression does he take? Does he step out and take more shots beyond the arc? I hope not. Please don't. Does he develop an outside game? No, please don't. I don't even know if that's in Coach Smith's repertoire for him. I don't but think it should be. If to help him go to the next level, yeah. that's probably what he needs, what to, needs do. to do. Um, Alfonso Anderson, does he become more of a force, a consistent force? And does Justin Bean do something a little more outside, or does he still just live around picking up the garbage and putting it away? And uh, and he's done very, very good at that. But does he develop some intentional offensive skills? I don't know to say that he didn't have intentional plays and skill sets, but he was best when he was kind of feeding off of the chaos. So those are some of the big things I'm really interested to see, Yeah. besides what the, the guard situation is. 
All right, we've got to take a time out here in the Full Court Press. Let's find out a little bit more about VCU, the matchup tonight, who they're going to face, What uh, a little bit more from uh, what the situation is for Utah State basketball that they're in this week. Uh, we'll get into some opposition research on New Mexico as well, coming up next hour. And it's a Wednesday, so let's do a What Went Wrong Wednesday oh. in light of the first college football playoff poll rankings of 2020. <laughs> We'll get into that coming up on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson and the Ringmaster. Yes, Six, Eric. Count them. Six. Did I have the proper inflection there? You, you did. You the master you made a point was to really emphasize good. master. You're getting better. You're getting better, Eric. I'm getting proud of you. Don't ever do. Don't ever call me the Deflator ever again. You will be booted off the show. Whatever you say, Deflator. <laughs> commissioner. Commission. Don't no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Be called Deflator than Commissioner. Utah State taking on VCU. You laugh, but I'm serious. I hate you. <laughs> Aggies taking on the Rams. Uh, this is a VCU team that once was highly regarded. Did some did some serious damage in the NCAA tournament a few years ago. But then Shaka Smart got the offer for the big money. Does that sound familiar if you're a mid-major? And uh, he's now at Texas. VCU last year, uh, not that great. What were they, 18 and 13? Certainly below their expectations. They don't like that where they were. They want to be better. They believe they're a better team. But it's also a team with a lot of new faces. Uh, VCU coach Mike Rhodes says there are six newcomers. Four of those are freshmen. Those that are coming back have new roles. So this is a team that's trying to figure themselves out, just like Utah State. One of the things that he said is that uh, in a recent report, says that uh, we still want to be aggressive and confident but play loose. Mm. Too often last year they were on their heels. Yeah, that's true. The thing for for VCU is you can't play from behind against Utah State. And with the exception of Boise State in that uh, tragic loss to Extra Mile Arena last year, when the Aggies were up 18 in three minutes, a oh. freshman came in and went nuts. Let's, let's not revisit that. Right. Uh, for, for the most part, though, Eric, Coach Smith, when he's up by 10, that game is over. I mean, it is done. Uh, and so if you're, if you're VCU, you can't play from behind, or else you're going to put yourself behind an eight ball against, again, a really talented team that is extremely deep. Uh, one of the other things, too, is that um, this is VCU, stands for Virginia Commonwealth University. Good job, Eric. They uh, have some versatility with their lineup. They can go big or they can go small. Yep. So they, they uh, they're they're versatile. So they can kind of match whatever it is that you're going to throw at them. And with very limited time to scout them, that'll be. We talked about this. AJ and I talked about this yesterday. This is where we're really going to learn the merits of a coaching staff. How quickly can they make adjustments in a game 
where they have had very little time to scout their opponent. How much of it is, we're just going to do what we do best and you know, see if that works against these guys? Or, uh, hey, that's really actually not working, so we're, we're going to try these, these other options that we have that we've been working on. So uh, it's I'm fascinated by this start of college basketball just because both coaches, both coaching staffs had very little time to prepare for their opponents. And where you might see a lineup change in your favor, how you're going to attack your opponent, it's all new for Utah State. It's all new for VCU. But how they make those adjustments during the game, that'll be the fun chess match to watch. Speaking of chess matches, the backcourt's going to be a really, really saucy matchup. Uh, of course, we know Marco Anthony. We know Sean Barristow, Raleigh Worcester back there. VCU has his guard. Uh, I believe it's like Nashawn Bones Highland. Uh, he, he was named to the uh, All-Atlantic 10 Conference preseason 13. Really good. Six foot three. Uh, was on the All-Rookie team for the conference last year. Uh, had nine points, two and a half rebounds last year as well. He set a VCU freshman record with 63, 63 pointers. 63 three-pointers. Uh, he was the league's third best scorer from beyond the arc. He shot 43%. That kid's a very athletic, very good, good at getting in the rim, but is a very good shooter too. If he gets hot, watch out. You got to make sure you're in his grill. Know where he's at at all times. Put a body on him. Yeah, th- this is uh, uh, Levi Stockard, uh, the third. He's a Kansas State transfer. Uh, they've got actually quite a few transfers that are on their team, a couple of uh, junior college guys. But like we said, a lot of new faces. Uh, for this uh, VCU basketball team, um, not really significant size. They do have a seven foot one center, but um, they're they're a, a team that's not too small either. Their smallest <clears throat> guy is six foot three. So no, excuse me. They do have a guard that's six foot um, two, isn't it? Six foot freshman Adrian Baldwin Jr. Wait, they have a six foot freshman? Oh, yes, didn't see that. Anyway, uh, we don't know a whole lot about them just because they have so many new players. Hey, can this I This is all though, about Utah State tonight, in my mind. Okay, so let me ask you if, and this is a big if because we, we don't know what Coach Smith is going to do. If you were to go with an all-big lineup for Utah State on the court, who would you put out there? I mean, Keta, sure. Bean or no? Yes. Alfonso? Yes. But Alfonso's probably more your like two, wouldn't two. it? Yeah, I'm guessing Marco would be out there. I don't or know you what Bearstow. Yeah, I think maybe Bearstow bigger than than uh, Marco. Maybe Bearstow plays one. Then I mean that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bearstow would play one. Alfonso two. I mean you still need a three, but Bean and Keta are four and five. Yeah, Bearstow is uh, six foot eight. He's not 6'8". That's what Utah State says. Oh, Utah State. They're measuring with high heels on. Alfonso's 6'6". Six six. To have Barstow as your ball handler. Barstow can't Alfonso be 6'8". is your number two. I mean, I've stood next to Barstow, and I feel like I, he's he's smaller than Anderson. Huh. Okay. Yeah, definitely Barstow then. Maybe put Nimi out there and uh, another big guy. Okay, so if you're Jonathan going, Dorius. 
Yeah, see, Doris is another one I think that could... See, I think you move Bean to the three. It's crazy. And then put Doris as a four and Amish as a five. <laughs> now, okay, if they go small ball, I would say Marco. Uh, Alfonso's your five. Bean's your four. Brock Miller. Um, Raleigh Worcester. That's five. That's your five. I think that that would be your small ball lineup. And I may I mean it depends what Steven Ashworth does, but I would probably if you're if you're putting uh, a productive five on the court, that's your small ball five. Again, the game tonight, seven thirty, tip off on ESPN two. Al Lewis with his pregame coverage, KVNU game day on our sister station, KVNU, starting at six thirty. Uh you can hear it on six ten AM, one oh two point one FM, also one oh two point five FM. The KVNU mobile app and KVNUtalk.com. We're going to take a break here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, what went wrong Wednesday? College football playoff first poll ranking uh, came out yesterday. What went wrong with that first ranking that they that they released yesterday afternoon? We'll talk about that next in the Full Court Press. Last night, as we were on the air, the College Football Playoff Committee released their top 25 rankings, their first rankings of this 2020 season. Now, we can debate the efficacy of when it gets released and how often it gets updated, but it got released, and it always gets released at about this time every year. Um, Since it got released there was complete meltdown on social media. And there's always people that are going to react to a poll, right? Arguing over this team or that team. And are they overrated? Was this team given too much respect or not enough? But it really seemed to focus on two teams specifically. Georgia at number nine and BYU at number 14. Ajay, you predicted BYU would not be a top 10 team. I tend to agree. I do feel like 14 may be a bit low. But the Georgia Bulldogs are 5-2 and two with their two losses to Alabama and Florida. Granted, those are top-ranked teams. But still, two losses and you're a top-10 team with a lot of other teams around you that have solid resumes? What went wrong with the college football playoff committee? So here's, yeah, no, this is good. Look, I'm bothered as as much as BYU feels like they got robbed. Indiana got screwed. Ooh, Indiana's, that's another one. Indiana's loss, Eric, was seven points to Ohio State, where they went toe to toe at Buckeye Stadium at the Horseshoe, and they and they're twelfth for that. Georgia's 5-2. and two. Yeah, their losses were to Alabama and Florida, but they got taken behind a woodshed. No reason Indiana should be behind Georgia. No way. In fact, Georgia should be around 14th. Now, BYU shouldn't be in the top 10. They aren't. But they shouldn't be behind Georgia. There's no way. And then BYU saying that, uh, you should be, that they shouldn't be behind Cincinnati is just, I mean... Like Cincinnati BYU, is in its appropriate place. Yeah, BYU is is complete full of themselves at times, and this is one of those times. But also, this is a warning for Tom Homo to start getting on the phone 
and calling anybody and everybody who will listen to him that has some kind of a quality resume on their football schedule. Well, they should have been doing that before the rankings were released. Yeah, and so to, and, to sit by and say we want to see what the rankings say before we make a decision, you, you don't have that much time, especially on a Thanksgiving week, to, well, to find an opponent. And here's the other thing, Eric, is that BYU PR played this incredibly wrong. What you do is that if Washington says, "Hey, will you come play us?" You say, "Yeah, absolutely, we'll come play you." You put the ball in Washington in the Pac-12's court. If they cancel, the committee sees it as that. They see that you're making the effort, but that Washington had to back out. You're probably ranked higher than 14th. But when you come out saying, no, we're not going to play you there. you got to come here. Now we've got a problem. BYU played their cards completely wrong, and that's why they're 14th in the bowl. Uh, Steve Loom, I think, accurately sums this up. BYU is is outstanding this year, but it is getting a hard lesson in what this whole P5, G5 thing has been about from the beginning. The top 20 to 25 schools controlling college football – 30 to 40 others being paid well to be their little brothers and too bad for everybody else. I think that accurately sums up yeah. college football in the modern era. And I know people with open dates on both Cincinnati and BYU's side of the schedules, it ain't going to happen. They're not going to play. Yeah, Cincinnati ain't touching that. All right, quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press, we will take a deeper dive into what we know about the New Mexico Lobos. We'll hear from Coach Miley, Dimitrik Aliafua, and Marcus Moore with our opposition research previewing the New Mexico Lobos. Stick around. We'll be back next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The first college football rankings came out last night. This year, they say they're relying on the eye test, even more than usual. There aren't enough games to judge everyone's complete body of work, but one undefeated team apparently didn't look great to them. BYU landed at number 14 despite their nine wins. They have a star quarterback in Zach Wilson, and you get the sense they could hang with any team. But the committee didn't see it that way. They discounted the Cougars' schedule, But you can't blame them. Before COVID, it was loaded with big conference teams. The Cougars only have one more game left to prove their case, unless they can find another team to play. They almost added one against Washington, but it didn't materialize. It's not a fair situation. The committee doesn't seem interested in expanding the playoffs right now. Unfortunately, a deserving team could get left out. As of now, BYU isn't even in the conversation. And it doesn't appear like there's much they can do about it. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.